Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Today, I'm excited to have someone who I respect greatly, who I actually had the opportunity to meet through a mutual friend. Today, we we have Pat Byrne with us on the Brain Mastery Podcast. And, you know, Pat brings with him a career in industrial health and really it's led him into some innovations into sleep and better understanding sleep and how to optimize sleep and really in how that can transfer into someone living, you know, a higher quality of life by better understanding how to you know, optimize their sleep and understand their sleep. So Pat, uh, really, really excited to have you with us here today. And is there anything I missed kind of in your bio? I'm sure there, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I, well, I've held quite a few jobs. So um, <laughs> I, I don't think we, it would take up a podcast. So um, yeah, no, I'm happy to be here today. Oh, uh, it's great. It's great to have you with us. Yeah. So the people that that listen to this are typically individuals that may be concerned about their brain health, uh, may have uh, suffered a brain injury that could be inclusive of a traumatic brain injury or stroke, or looking to optimize their health and, or might be professionals working in the space. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of professionals listening to this one. If there was really a main message that you want the listener to take home from your perspective, in the world of brain health and, and really sleep, what would, what would you want for people to better understand that maybe currently isn't very well understood? Right. So really are two aspects to that. The first is that poor sleep, um, which we all suffer from occasionally, is not a disease. Poor sleep is a symptom. And so what I think we don't understand generally in our society is the, the whole variety of causes of poor sleep. And so what happens is people are trying to fix their sleep when, in fact, they have to really kind of drill down and figure out what's causing the poor sleep. So there are things like um, whether you have a TBI or you don't, whatever it is, there are, um, are uh, sleep disorders. And there are probably over 90 biological sleep disorders, things like sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome that anybody could suffer from. There are mental health issues. You know, people suffer from depression and you know bipolar and a whole kind, whole pile of other mental health issues. There are organic diseases that can affect your sleep, things like diabetes, and you know the medications people take and the food they eat can affect their sleep, and their lifestyle, the choices that people make every day on their life. You know whether they're working night shift or you know they decide to get up at four o'clock in the morning to coach hockey. <laughs> or coach swimming, whatever, or stay up late, watch movies, or choices people make. And so the message really is when people are concerned about their sleep is to really sit down and drill down and try to figure out what are the cause and often multiple causes of their poor sleep before they even think about hmm. solutions. This topic is fascinating to me because I just, I feel like there's not enough education out there about sleep other than you know, the Fitbit, uh, you know, the Garmin, you know, well, I got my sleep tracker and I, I got a good rating, so everything must be fine. Uh, you know, I think there's a real need uh, for people to, I, I shouldn't say need, I, I think desire and opportunity for people to better understand why 
uh, sleep is so important. And, and also that whole concept around the symptom, could you maybe elaborate a little bit more on that? Because I feel like there's, there's more there that I think people really need to hear. <laughs> right. So sleep is really sort of the ultimate integrated system. So it affects all parts of our body and our brains. And part of the issue has been that the research is fairly new. And, and it can be a bit spotty. I've done a lot of work in professional sports over the last decade. And 80% of all the published research around sleep and athletic performance has been published in the last 10 years. So wow. it's, it's, it's pretty new. And people buy the sleep watches largely because they're concerned about their sleep. People don't, I, you know, they try to market them as fun things. People don't buy them as fun things. People buy them because they're concerned about their sleep. And so there's a lot of a buzz and a lot of misinformation out there about sleep. And the way I view um, these sleep watches, whether it's a Fitbit or a Garmin, whatever it is, is that they're pretty much like a bathroom scale. So, you know, if you want to see how much you weigh, you stand on a bathroom scale. And it, it, the bathroom scale is not going to help you lose weight. In fact, it's not even going to tell you whether you're overweight. It's going to tell you what your weight is. And you have to individualize that. And that's part of the problem with all of this, these sleep gadgets is they don't help you with your sleep. They don't individualize it. Um, um, there are people genetically, very few people, maybe one in a million, that can really perform well with you know, four or five hours of sleep a night. But for the vast majority of us, it's you know, seven to nine, and that's a, that's a, or seven and a half to nine and a half. That's a big gap. Right. And so people get kind of obsessive sometimes about their sleep saying, well, I need eight or I need nine. Well, in fact, you might need less than that. And the real test is whether you're tired during the day. And if you're not really tired during the day, don't, wor don't worry about your sleep. Right. That's so good. And I think you're going to want to listen to that again uh, for people who are listening uh, about this. You know, I've talked with a few friends, you know, mentioned some of your work and you know, people are really fascinated by this topic and they do feel it's almost like a sleep shame thing for some of our high performers too, right? You hear about, you know, someone like a LeBron James or someone like that. Well, I get, I ensure to get 12 hours always and I have these systems built in and well, what if, what if I'm not, but I'm actually not feeling tired? <laughs> it's like scientifically almost like an N of one, meaning you're really comparing yourself, you know, to you yesterday, really, right? Right. And some of that's just marketing hype. I don't, I haven't looked at LeBron's sleep. I quite frankly, I doubt whether he's getting 12 hours of sleep. In fact, one of the professors I've worked with at Stanford uh, Medical School tells me that um, in his research, that people who consistently sleep 12 hours a night, not just once in a while, but consistently, will probably die within five or six years. Because much like a tennis racket, sleep, there's a sweet spot for sleep. Right. And right. that's really in this sort of seven and a half, you know, to nine and a half for most people. Right. And so if you're sleeping a lot less, it affects your whole biological system. And if you're sleeping more, what it tells the brain, what it tells us is that you're, you're, there's something going, there's something else going on biologically with you because you uh -huh. shouldn't need 12 hours of sleep. Interesting. And, and the other aspect about, and I, I currently work with, you know, some of the top NBA players mm -hmm. in North America <laughs> and I track their sleep in real time and, and right. I, talk to them and text them. And I know one guy who is one of the top players on one of the top teams who is only sleeping five, six hours a night. Yeah. And he's still a top performer and is not being tired. So I said to him, you know, he's, he's, you know, kind of feeling anxious about something. I said, why? I said, you're playing well, you're not feeling tired. 
right? That's your reality at the moment. Don't worry about it. And I, I see that a lot in athletes, you know, that are quite anxious about their sleep. And, you know, even everyday people that I've worked with, you know, in the mining industry and trucking and others, people go, oh, you know, I'm worried about my sleep. Well, you know, maybe you need to be, maybe you don't need to be. You know, right. I said, if you're not feeling tired during the day and you're getting, you know, a decent amount of sleep, don't worry about it, right? And there are some people that, particularly with the sleep watches, that concerns me because they'll wear them and say, I'm still tired, but my sleep watch says I'm fine. And there are some uh, biological sleep disorders where you don't move around, but your brain wakes up right. from sleep. So it looks like you're sleeping well when in fact you're not. Right. And the other side of the coin from that, there's, <laughs> there are people who swear they're up all night. They have a form of insomnia. They say, you know, I'm up all night. I can't sleep. But when you actually test their sleep with you know, polysomnography with EEGs, they're sleeping perfectly well. It's just that part of their brain of the conscious awareness is, is, is highlighted and it, it's telling them you're awake, you're awake. And in fact, they're sleeping. <laughs> so sleep can be pretty tricky. Yeah, no kidding. I think it's only going to become even more relevant uh, as we go, because like like you said, the research is, you know, 80% of it's been done in the past 10 years. And I think translating that research is really part of the next step that we're seeing here. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to, to better understand how that can in, inform and help to serve people that really struggle um, with this, uh, you know, whether they're a high performer or somebody recovering from stroke. You know, I, I want them to be able to better understand, to have more informed choices as to things that they might be able to do. Right. And so what I say to, to athletes and, and other people is sort of, you know, don't even look at your sleep watch. It's, it's like jumping on your, you know, jumping on your bathroom scale, you know, a couple of times a day because you're trying to lose weight. You know, take a longer term view of this. Mm. Um, look at the patterns. And certainly people with, um, that I've worked with that have concussions or certainly chronic pain people that you can see that sleep is a marker. So if you actually you could if you actually track your sleep over time, you can see that as they claim that they're feeling better and getting less pain, their sleep actually recorded sleep is actually better. Mm-hmm. So it's a good marker of health. Right. I love it. Now, actually I'm curious. If there was one or two kind of key either studies or or books that you've read that have really helped you uh, as you've you know taken this rather innovative exciting path what would those be yeah we quote a couple of those in our book or quite a few of them in our book actually that um and you know certainly the work done by hans von donegan and others out of washington state university are uh, really helpful because they're they're really good uh, well-structured studies and what they show is the how your reaction time simple reaction time changes uh, compared to your sleep. So, you know, people that sleep four hours a night have a certain reaction time. People that sleep six hours have a certain reaction time. People that sleep eight hours have a certain reaction time. And so I found that, you know, very fascinating and it's very informative for athletes because we talk about, you know, the effects of poor sleep. So, I mean, if you have a job that you're sitting in front of your computer and you're, you're a bit tired, Having poor sleep probably isn't going to affect your work all that much, but if you're flying a plane or you're a basketball player or a hockey player or whatever, you know, that it can affect your reaction time pretty significantly. And so they care about that. And mm-hmm. if you actually track 
your reaction time, simple reaction time for several days, just you know, do it every hour, every couple hours, you can actually see not only your natural changes in circadian rhythms, but can actually um, you can compare that to your sleep hours. And the longer you sleep, the better your reaction time is. Okay. That's interesting. And how do you measure reaction time? What do you utilize for that? Oh, they use um, PVTs or psychomotor vigilance task, which is just a simple reaction time test. So you can, I mean, there's some online, there are some button issues with certain of them, but you know, it's basically simple reaction time. So a light shows up, you react to it. Right. Okay. Versus what some in some in your field are, uh, uh, interested in which is complex reaction time so you'll have a red white and blue button and if the blue button lights up you have to hit a blue button <laughs> right. so it requires you to to um, react to it and and make a decision and then react again but um simple reaction time is is uh, uh very well correlated with sleep hours hmm. oh that's fascinating let's say you know pat you had all the power <laughs> in the world here and and you know you were able to shape the future of brain health in the way that you wanted it to be what would that look like it, you know if you were able to shape it in the way that you wanted to what would change what would what would the world of kind of brain health look like if if you were in charge uh well i mean I, everybody sees the world through their own lenses right and so i kind of see the world through the lens of sleep and right and so for me, I would like to see a better analysis system so that individuals can actually figure out what's causing their poor sleep, both on an acute and a chronic level, so that they can, instead of just running off and, you know, taking melatonin pills or throwing a sleep watch on or, you know, doing yoga, whatever it is, yeah. they, actually, they actually know what the problem is, right? And the analogy I use for people for brain health is to... Is, to say to them, look, if you go to your doctor and say, my arm hurts, what's the doctor going to say? Right? And the doctor's going, oh, let's just cut it off. We'll be done with it. Right? It's, yeah. <laughs> no, they say, let's figure out what's wrong. Is it a sore muscle? Is it cancer? Is it, you know, is it a broken bone? Let's, and right. so we have to treat sleep the same way. We have to actually figure, that's the hard part, is trying to figure out what the real issue is or, quote, issues are with sleep. I've worked pretty extensively in the outback in Australia in the mining industry. And I've come across guys out there who work like, you know, seven 12-hour day shifts followed by seven 12-hour night shifts. So they have you know, <laughs> terrible sleep to begin with. Um, they're overweight, they're obese, they're alcoholics, they have mental health issues. And they're going, and the company's saying, what can you do to help them with their sleep? And I'm going, blah, like, seriously, where do you start? Right? Um, and so, you know, many of us have lifestyle issues, but we have, may have biological issues, psychological right. issues, right? Lifestyle things. And so, you know, for me, in th the future is, I think, you know, trying to to diagnose before we can actually start talking about solutions. Yeah, I, I love it. And I also really think that there's almost a piece in there that I think is really important that, you know, being self-compassionate is kind of a theme in there as well, is that if you're trying to compare yourself to other people, that will probably lead to unhappiness. You know, like you need to really try to understand, not just with good data, which I know you're all about, but also that kind of, you know, internal kind of self-report, like, how am I feeling today? Right. And, you know, without the judgment and uh, my self-judgment uh, right. of myself, you know, right. it's really, how am I doing today? And if I feel good, mm. and that's great. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, one of the things that 
one of the t- major teams I work with in the National Football League do that every day. They have iPads up on the wall. And mm-hmm. when the players come in, whether it's practice, game day, or whatever, meeting day, you know, they self-report. Yeah, they're, they're, you know their their kind of happiness, and and all all it does is for one, it forces them to actually think about it, and two, they can track that over time, right? right. And so and and so it's helpful to the athletes because they, they you know they'll go they can tell from their sleep watches that they may have only gotten four or five hours of sleep the previous night, but they feel good, right? Yep. And so you know get them you know not to obsess about that. Right? And the great thing about sleep, I think, is that. You know, even if you have one poor night of sleep, it's not going to particularly affect you. Um, you're, 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 our brains are pretty resilient. Right. Um, it's the people who are chronically poor sleepers that take a long time to recover. You know, if you lose 24 hours, if you stay awake up 24 hours, you, you know, you're a student, you pull an all-nighter. It's right. going to take you seven nights of good sleep to recover your reaction time. And so it's about being consistent and, you know, and, and being fair to yourself and having kind of consistent sleep so that if you have a, you know, a couple of poor nights, it's not going to affect you dramatically. So Pat, while we've got you here, I know I'm going to have a pretty nitty gritty detail-y kind of question, but if one is setting, trying to set oneself up for, for a good sleep, it makes me think about if, if I see the pilots going to a, uh, not a very nice hotel, <laughs> I might be a little concerned <laughs> about being on that flight. So what are some of the controllables that we could think about? And I know, you know, we're, we're going to talk about some of your work and how you can get more information next, but what are some controllables that one should maybe be thinking about around their environment? I, one, I think of mattresses, I think of light exposure, but what, what are some, some things for us to really think about? Right. So this whole area is called sleep hygiene and you can Google it. Um, there, mm. You know, there's usually 10 or 12 different things that people can do. And some of them have some science behind them and some of them have sort of product marketing behind them. But, you know, really we're what's called diurnal animals. So we're biologically programmed to be awake in the daytime and to sleep at night. Right. And so when we're sleeping, we're supposed to be sleeping when it's dark out. So the biggest thing you can do for yourself is make your bedroom as dark as possible. And so, I mean, we have in our bedroom blackout blinds and that it's so dark that if you held your hand a foot away from your face and you can still see your hand, it's not dark enough. So that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you're not attracted to the light. It doesn't wake you up. It's completely black. You go right back to sleep again. Controlling the light is, is critical. And you're right about the hotels, whether it's pilots. And I've worked a lot in the national, you know, I was with the Vancouver Canucks for seven seasons and worked a lot in the national hockey league. And, you know, you go to some of these hotels and they're supposed blackout blinds don't completely close. There's always these gaps. Right. So, so we, I just said to them, look, you know, here's a handful of these big black paper clips, throw them in your suitcase and use them to hold the blinds closed. Right. Pro tip. Yeah. You know? and, 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 you know, the other thing is that in the hotels hate me, because, but I unplug the radio clock who needs those anymore. Right. Oh, I am. Yeah. And, and, and the same with the refrigerators, I unplug those because of the noise and the lights. Yeah. And so I just unplug everything and, and, uh, you know, make sure the drapes are closed. 
hotels typically have pretty good beds if you stay in a decent hotel. In fact, I've had some players that were so impressed with the beds, they went back to the hotel and said, how can I get one for my house? Um, but, but that's important. Not only is it, should it be dark and, you know, and, and the temperature for you, because that's an individual thing. Right. Um, but also same with your beds. Some people like soft, some like hard. But, you know, I've, again, I've worked with, you know, top level athletes who have said, you know, my bed is so uncomfortable at home. I, I hate it. And I say, I just sat there with my jaw dropped. I go, you make $10 million a year. Go buy another bed. Like it's not, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you said, just like, I'm so used to this. So I have to make a change. Well, yeah, you know, if it's bothering you do it. Right. So and it's the same, same with pillows is very individualized. You know, you do what makes you comfortable. Yeah. I love it. And there's a lot of talk about, about screen time before bed as well. You know, what's the, um, is there any kind of general? Yeah. There's some, the theory is this, is that, as I said, we're dinal animals. So light, sunlight, and other light goes through your eyes into the center part of your brain and, and yeah. tells, your, tells your brain whether it's light or dark out. And when it's dark out, your brain starts producing melatonin, which helps you sleep. Yeah. Um, and so the theory and, and the wavelength of light is, is, is blue that really affects it the most is a, a, in the spectrum. And so the theory has been because of these, you know, the, cell, the phones and the smartphones and the computers, the tablets, all put out a blue light in that wavelength. And so the theory has been that, well, if you're exposed to too much of that, your brain is not going to produce melatonin and it'll keep you awake. That's the theory. In practice, they have not been able to actually prove that. Okay. And so it's still pretty controversial. My theory is that you should do things an hour before your bed that's not going to keep your brain too active. Because if your brain's too active, it's not going to want to calm down and go to sleep. So, you know, read a book, have a bath, do some yoga, calm yourself down. And if you're active on a, on a computer, it's, the light might be part of it, but it's also the, you know, the, the, um, the sort of the energy and, the, and the, you know, the need to pay attention that's right. making your brain active. Awesome. Those are, those are great. And, um, you know, it's something that I'm excited about is to dig into, you found a way, I think with your daughter to actually document and share some of the information that could be really helpful for people that, that really want to dig a little deeper into this and, and gain better insight. Would you mind just for a couple moments there, talk about what led to the book and, and, and where people can get it. Uh, and sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, right. So, I've been working in I've been working in professional sports for probably ten years, and before that, even in industry. So, I've been in the field yeah. for about fifteen years, and because there's been so much, I, I think nonsense out there, and people are kind of concerned about it, and and particularly in this professional sports arena, the even the doctors who work for the teams, the trainers, the all the sports conditioners, the management, nobody has really had any particular training in sleep. And so I get a lot of the same questions over and over again. So I, I sat down and I thought, you know, I'm going to just see if I can make a book out of this for these guys. So I sat down and I did some research and I got the research papers together and it was about three feet high. Turned out to be about, you know, about 20,000 pages of, <laughs> of material. Um, and so I started writing it. And then my daughter, who um, was an NCAA uh, athlete and had was in just coming out of law school. She's a New York uh, sports lawyer now, um, but and very good writer. She's uh, was the senior managing editor for the sports lawyers journal in the U S wow. 
And uh, she came home and um, she read what I wrote and started to laugh. She goes, I'm a better writer. <laughs> and here's how we do this. And, and I had to agree with her. She was pretty smart and a much better writer. So I said, well, let's just do it together. So we collaborated. I you know, did the initial draft. She completely edited everything and put all the references in and put it together. And it was, um, we're very happy with it. One of the things that we notice about some of the sleep books that are out there is they're really dry. And so we said, you know, let's just do some storytelling here. Let's still yeah. tell, tell stories that will keep people interested. Um, even things like, like how you really measure sleep is with EEG, which I'm sure brain yeah. people under, understand that. But where they often don't understand was where that came from. How did right. EEG even develop? And so we talk about the whole story about Hans Berger. Yeah. Right? Right. And it's, it's yeah. a fast, fascinating story. So we're trying to keep people interested in the whole history of how sleep was developed and the, the personalities of the people involved with it and about some of the sort of fake technology that's been out there for, for years and years and years that people still accept. And we, so we talk about that and talk about where, you know, the, uh, particularly the time of day, the circadian rhythm, you know, uh, chronobiology, um, what's going on with that and how all that affects sleep. Well, that's the part that's got me is the circadian rhythm is the area that I'm really, really interested in digging deeper into um, with your book. And, and you know, I'm just, I, I, I highly, highly recommend, you know, for those listening, if sleep is an area that you're really curious about, you want to try to better understand how to optimize it. The answer may not be just to buy a watch, Okay. Uh, like like this guy, no no, get the book. Okay, Pat's Pat's done the work. Okay, he's been out there doing this his whole career, and and it was through that inquiry that really led him and continues to think lead him in his vision to help people to experience really a higher quality of life. That's what stands out for me in knowing you for a few years now, Pat. Is you know you're really motivated to serve and to help people, and and really to provide opportunities to empower people to help themselves. And and I and I've never seen that done yet, really in sleep, and and that's why I just I'm so excited about your work and super excited to even I think you're going to be on a webinar with our team coming up in a little while as well to really help people to start to uncover and understand how to optimize their sleep and ultimately perform at a higher level um, for themselves. Right, I think because people are concerned about their sleep, the whole industry, the sleep industry has really, has really been about supplements and really been about gadgets. They're trying yeah. to sell you, trying to sell you something and they don't yeah. really drill down and try to help you very much. They just want you to buy a bigger and better watch. Yeah. Um, you know, typical one is things like Apple watch and others. I don't know if Fitbit does this or not, but they try to tell you what sleep stage you're in and how much right. REM sleep you have. That's such nonsense because a, it's not accurate and B, yeah. Um, even if it was, what are you going to do about it? There is nothing you can do to change your brain because your brain decides what sleep stage it needs. For example, if you were, and the, the Washington State did these studies to show that if you are really sleep deprived, you stay awake for 24 hours or, or longer, your brain will go instantly into a deep sleep and stay there for a long time. Mm. Um, and so there aren't any what's called normal. I mean, there's sort of yeah. an ide idealized sleep structure, but there is not quote a real normal around that. And so even if you know you, you know, you only had like 60 minutes of REM sleep last night. Who cares? You you can't do anything yeah. about it, right? So it's useless information. All it does is make people more anxious. 
Yeah, we don't need that. We're already anxious enough, I think, <laughs> given the past year and a bit we've been through. So, you know, my my recommendation, it'll all be in the notes and we'll have links to it. You know, an inconvenient sleep. Check it out. You know, the amazing father-daughter team, the super team that wrote the book. That's a that's, you know, it's a practical read. You know, we all sleep. We all need sleep. And this will help us to better understand how to move towards achieving that. And that's what's so exciting. So you know, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you again, Pat, for your time. And um, you the know. other thing I was going to mention about the book, I mean, you can get it anywhere online that you yeah. buy books, everything from Walmart to, you know, Amazon, the rest of these people. It's just called Inconvenient Sleep and subtitled Why Teams Win and Lose. But although we talk a lot about sports, it's about everybody. And yeah. Dr. Uh, Len Zakowski wrote the foreword for the book, who uh, you may know. Um, oh, yeah. He's a famous author in, in his own right um, and a good friend. I've worked with him for many years. And so yeah, he was, he's always been very helpful in editing. Wonderful guy. Well. Yeah, great guy. Wonderful guy. And, you know, truly, truly, check this book out, please. You know, pick it up. I've got it. i got to work my way through it. It's up next. Uh, on my reading list, I've already skimmed and I'm excited to to dig deep into this one because this is an area that I am passionate about learning more about. And, uh, you know, please, please utilize Pat's brilliance. Pick up the book, learn, and uh, and here's to living a higher quality of life. So again, Pat, thank you for your time. Reach out to Pat, you know, if, if you want to learn more about his work and if you want to support him, Pat, where's the best website, the best email to to get a hold of you? Right. So we, I, you can put this on the link if you want. I'll send it okay. to you, but it's it's at burn, B-Y-R-N-E-Co.com, which is yeah. our, our business website. And, and you, are, you, are you welcome to put my uh, personal email on your Perfect. site as well? I just won't bore people how to spell everything right now. So, but I'll, I'll send I'll send it to you. Feel free to stick it on the link. I will. That, that, that'll be in the, uh, in the, in the meeting notes. Uh, so just thank you again for your time. And I hope this, well, I'm, I'm positive this added a ton of value for people that are listening and here's to better sleep. So yeah. <laughs> sleep rock, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, typically when I'm talking, people are sleeping. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the brain mastery podcast brought to you by ABI wellness. Be sure to follow us on social media channels at ABI wellness. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.